0: Hi everybody, this is Larissa Miller. I shared a message about the body of Christ, how important it is that we gather on a regular basis. No matter what part you play in the body, you have something to give and something to receive when we gather. I know there's circumstances that keep us uh, from gathering, but it's so important that we um submit ourselves to what the Word of God says and that we gather regularly. So I pray that you find and participate in a church body and church home as an active participant. Be blessed. Um, well, hi. Hello. Let me get my bearings a little bit. Um... I'd love to just pray again. <laughs> That's what we do, right? Um, <clears throat> yeah, let's pray, God. We we really want to hear from you. We are hungry, hungry people to know you, to hear from you, to be transformed into your image. Lord, we're hungry for more than we've seen. We're grateful, so grateful for all that you've done in our midst, but together we look up and we just say, we're hungry for more. Would you position us for the more that you have for us as individuals, as families, as a house? We want everything you paid for, Jesus. We want to walk in it. We want you to be glorified and honored here. We want the fullness, God, truly. It's what we want. So come, Holy Spirit. And we ask, would give us ears to hear, eyes to see. We yield to you. Make our hearts tender in your presence. In Jesus' name. Uh, I don't know how many of you were here last week, but... Um, Michael said I had a top 10 of things I missed about church, which sounds cute and not exactly what I had in mind. Uh, but I, you heard us say how much we miss being in the corporate gathering, and um, we really did. There's something about the Christian life. There's this mystery where it's this communal thing. It's, you, you cannot have it apart from community, can't have it apart from all these people. And yet you also have a responsibility and accountability on your own. Like he visits you, fills you as an individual. And so it's inextricably both things. It's together and it's when we stand before him i i'll stand before him and be accountable for my life not you know how michael did it for me or how my small group was i'll i'll be accountable for my life you get what i'm saying and so Even in our time away, of course, we were with the Lord. Of course, we spent time with him, and we worshiped him, and we sought him. We went to a couple of different churches. Um, But I just, there's something about the gathering of the body of believers where there's a mystery that happens. And as we gather today, I know, guys, that overflow room, I haven't walked in there yet, but I'm sure it's full. It's full. Um, Hi, Overflow. I love you. I wish you could all be, I wish we could all be together. Amen. Um, I want to honor you. If you waited in line this morning, if you parked a long way off, if you got up early, if you all, whatever you did to be here, I honor you. And I, I want to acknowledge I didn't have to do that. <laughs> I didn't have to wait in line with my kids this morning. And so there's a part of that I cannot fully appreciate what, what all has happened before you've gotten to where you are this morning. And so I honor that. I appreciate it. I value it. Um, and I hope one day <laughs> uh, it won't have to be that way. But praise God that the people of God are so excited to be in his house. Isn't that awesome? I don't know what the alternative is, but I don't want that. Amen, um, and 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 praise him for the for the inconvenience. Um, there's things he's doing in us and through us in the middle of the inconvenience, amen. In the middle of the discomfort, the global church is way more than inconvenienced. You know, truly, I get a. I get a magazine, I think monthly, called Voice of the Martyrs. Have you guys seen that? And my kids, I just leave it out on the counter and my kids will flip through and they're trying to wrap their heads around like the stories that are told of people whose families are killed because they believe in Jesus. And I want them to know like we're, we have a privilege here. So what I want to talk to you about today I feel like my job is to remind you of things that I think you already know, Um, but I also realize we're living in a day where we're having to say things that are true that I thought everyone knew was true, like if you're a boy, you're a boy, if you're a girl, you're a girl, I didn't, and we're just coming to an age where truth has to actually be just stated as it is. And so, I want to tell you some things about why we come to church. What is the church? Why do we come here? Why is it important? Why is it important that you gather and not just sit at home? If you're streaming, I bless you. I'm not rebuking you. I am not rebuking you. I love some of my friends. I know who you are. I see you in your living room. But I really want to uphold the value of the body of believers biblically for gathering. And so even if, I mean, we have to struggle with the tension of an ideal. Like ideally, we could all be in the same room. Ideally, I would know your name and your story and you'd know mine. And we have all these ideals, but we're not living in them. But it is important to uphold the biblical standard and to look to how can I gather with believers? How can I be intentional and obedient in this? Um, One of the things Michael and I see as we interact with the body, both here and other places, is the really weird things that happen to people when they aren't gathering regularly with the body of Christ. People get really strange ideas, um, and they get twisted, and they walk away from the faith, and they believe in ideas and ideologies that are not of God, But it's because it started with probably an offense or an arrogance that said, I don't need that and I can do my own thing and then it got weird. It's not just you and God. He didn't design you that way. It's not. Um, Okay, so I have a quote I wanted to read to you. Now, I'm gonna prepare you because it's kind of deep and wordy, but I feel like it. Um, highlights the essence of what I want to say. <clears throat> so, read slowly. Every period of profound rediscovery of God's joyous immediacy is a period of emergence of this amazing group of interknittedness of God enthralled men and women who know one another in Him. It appeared in vivid form among the early friends, meaning the early church. The disclosure of God normally brings the disclosure of the fellowship. We don't create it deliberately. We find it, and we find ourselves increasingly within it as we find ourselves increasingly within him. You see, because we have harped on ministering to the Lord and like this vertical expression at Room, you're used to hearing us say that, right? Like this is not for you, this is for him, this is for him, this is for him and that's true because if we don't make it about that, then we will just become a social club and we'll just be focused on making sure you're happy, Right? But when we're in Him, the byproduct will be what, where we find each other. Because you and you have nothing in common. You have no reason to be in this room together. But you have every reason <laughs> to be in this room together because you've been bought with the blood of Christ. And he's put a spirit of his son inside of you that cries out, Abba, Father. So now you're a family, right? So here's where we're going to go. We're going to look at the desire of Jesus, the prayer he prayed. We're going to look at the early church. And we're going to look at a whole host of scriptures just helping remind us of why it is that we gather and what happens in our midst when we do. You ready? All right. All right. Uh, Turn to John chapter 17. The fact that somehow we have Jesus' prayer written down blows my mind. Because I don't know about you, but I pray about the things that matter most to me. So I'm guessing... Jesus is about to give his life over. And John recorded his prayer. So, John 17, verse 20. This is him praying for you and me. He saw this moment. (laughs) I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they all may be, say it with me, one, as you, Father, in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them, and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Jesus is praying about a mystery of unity. He's praying about a oneness that the Father pours his glory Out upon the oneness between the Father and the Son and the Spirit has glory. And he said, I want them to have that glory. He didn't say, I want Aaron to have that glory. He didn't say I want Tony to have that glory. He said, I wanted them to have that glory. In other words, you great, you guys know me, like I'm a big proponent of the secret place get in your closet and be with the lord but listen the glory that is meant to come from heaven is not for you in your prayer closet it is it's it's to rest on us and it's a mystery and so gathering doesn't create unity but you also cannot have unity if you never gather. Do you get what I'm saying? Like being intimate between a man and a woman doesn't create love. And being physically intimate does not create love. But if you have love, you will be physically intimate. Do you get what I'm saying? We cannot have unity just by gathering. But as we submit to his lordship and his headship and we seek him, we will be intimate and we will gather. When Paul in Ephesians 5 is talking about a husband and wife, he goes through this whole thing and then he says, but I'm not talking about husbands and wives. I'm talking about Christ and his church. And he says, and it's a mystery. And so Michael is not the church by himself. Nor is BJ the church. She's not the bride of Christ. She is a part of this dynamic, beautiful whole that is the bride of Christ. That when we gather, we are essentially being intimate with our husband, the head. I'm not trying to be so graphic, but do you understand what I'm saying? That there is an expression of the gathering of the bride. The mystery of the marriage between the bride and her husband that happens when we're together. There are things happening in our midst right now that are beyond what we can see and perceive. There is a spiritual reality happening. And you see, in the kingdom, everything is not just ethereal. It's not just, if it were, Jesus didn't have to put on flesh and have holes nailed into him and be hung on a tree. If it were just ethereal or spiritual, he could have just, sins forgiven. Right? But it's not. He had to become flesh incarnate. We don't just imagine that we have the body and blood. We actually drink it, taste it, ingest it, chew it. We don't just confess our sins. We, we are buried in baptism and raised up. There is a physical reality to the spiritual reality. And we can't neglect one. We were made for it. It was so funny. In the car this morning, one of my kids said, are your taste buds? They were asking me about taste buds. And I thought, isn't it amazing that God gave you taste buds? He didn't just give you a heart so you could feel love. But we have this physicality to us that we were made for. And you see, you, you virtually joining this, again, I'm not rebuking you, I'm not, but I'm saying like, like I like to go on a jog and I'll listen to the Bible or I'll listen to a sermon, or I'll listen to a podcast. I am not gathering with the body of believers. That is not the, the fullness of my spiritual diet. I must have a time and a place where I am gathering with the body of Christ. It's essential. <laughs> twenty twenty. It is essential to gather. If if a mom and a, da- if, a if a husband and a wife Love each other. But that love is never manifest in physical intimacy. Life will never come. Like a a child will not come forth. And when we, as the bride, gather and we interact with our bridegroom, life happens. Something of life is created, a mystery. It's a mystery. In our midst. So, let's look. So we know John 17. We know that Jesus died. He was raised. He said, wait on me. He was visiting them. He visited all these people. He says, wait on me. till I'm going to do something. Go wait. And then we know what happens in Acts chapter 2 and then let's look at just the launch of the church that we are a part of, all right? 2,000-year-old tradition, so go to Acts chapter 2. verse 42 or 41 It's talking about Peter it says then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day about 3000 souls talk about number problems were added to them and they say they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among them all. As anyone had need. So, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. You know, One of the miracles that I've been watching over the last week is the way that the body has come together when a part of it is hurting. It's miraculous. I've been watching you guys in here. I've been watching people online say, We're with you. We're with you. I've been watching you contend for someone you don't know, for a family you don't know. And it's a miracle, it's the body. But it's also something that's been sown into for years and years and years. That couple that you saw standing here, they sowed into relationship with people, they sowed into prayer and worship. And I'm watching them reap. I mean their lives are preaching. I've watched them fight through offenses and pain and I see the glory of God on them. I want to take you to Hebrews chapter 10. We're looking at a lot of Bible and isn't that great? All right, in Hebrews chapter 10, the writer of Hebrews has just finished describing why why the sacrifice of Christ is sufficient, why we don't need animal sacrifices anymore. And he has these concluding remarks. That's why we have a therefore in verse 19. So Hebrews 10, 19. So we have a therefore saying, this has all been, it is finished. Are you with me? He says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for who? For who? Yes, it's plural. Through the veil that is his flesh, and having a great high priest over the house of God. Let who? Let us. Draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let who? Hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let? Consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. You see, this coming to this throne of grace with confidence is not just me in my closet, it's us. And when we come together, he says, Don't stop coming together because this mystery happens when you're together. The blood is sprinkled over you, and you're reminding each other every day. Remember, the blood was shed. He invited us to approach his throne of grace with confidence. And so we together come before him. But if we forsake meeting together, we forget. We forget. And in the day that I'm weak, Nicole's strong. And she reminds me, no, no, the blood is enough. That's why when we gather, we're making such a big deal of this. Because together, he said, when you do this, remember me. But... Part of the way that you're wired is for someone else to remind you, remember the blood? And you come into a place like this and you're feeling forlorn and condemned and shamed and afraid and struggling, and someone next to you holds up the blood. And then you go, no, no, remember, it's finished. We're coming to the throne of grace with confidence together, together so, let's just talk about a few things that happen when we gather. I want you to see that there's two components. One of the components components to gathering is leadership. So, you could argue with me, but I would say biblically that anytime you gather there needs to be a form of church authority, of biblical authority, when there's intentional gathering of believers. That's another place I've seen people get really weird with their doctrines. Is when they begin to gather, but there's no form of authority. There's no form of, 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 of church government there. Weird theologies happen. It's dangerous. So, There's the component of leadership, and there's the component of one another. And I believe when I look at the church, there are times when we've swung way too far into authority and swung way too far into one another. And I think we're meant to live with both. We're meant to live with both. If you have too much focus on just leadership, then you forget why you're here. Well, I could just listen to this at home. Well, I could just worship at home. All I do is go there and sit and leave. And you forgot why you came and why you're a part and what you bring when you show up here and not just here, but when you show up here during the week or when you have a coffee or when you have a whatever, a small group or a table group or a youth group or you're serving the children, you bring something. Amen? All right. All right. So, here's the first thing. We, when we gather, the primary reason we gather is to connect to the head, who is Jesus. So, turn to Colossians chapter 2. In fact, this scripture is, I don't know if you can go back up to, um, 18. This scripture is talking about what I just referred to when things get weird. (laughs) Um... He says, let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Look at this. And not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body, say all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase That is from God. Let's just see it again. Holding fast to the head. From whom all the body. All the body. (laughs) Nourished. And knit together. By joints. And ligaments. Grows with the increase. That is from. God. So one of the. Mysteries that happens when we gather is we connect to the head. We're nourished. We're knit together. Truly, and it's a mystery. It can't happen in your house by yourself. There's a there's a connection point. It's what ligaments do, right? They connect one thing to another. There's a connection happening here, whether we can see it or not. Go to Hebrews chapter three. I think it's important to highlight the head is not who's ever standing here. I know that you know that. But it's important to remember. The head is not our body of elders. The head of his church is Christ. And when we come together, we are nourished and knitted together unto the head. We hold tightly to him. Look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it's called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Did you know that sin can harden you even if it's not your own sin? When someone sins against you, it can harden you because it hurts. And so one of the things that we need from each other is a place To be washed and encouraged, to be reminded of our confession. And to be softened. To be softened. Because it, it says, it says an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Why? Because you can be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin that you witness, sin that happens to you, sin that you do. We weren't created to handle any of it. We cannot handle, we can't touch it without it damaging us. We can't. We weren't, we weren't formed to handle it. But we come together and we come to a table and we go, remember? Remember? remember and there's a softening that happens because it's here that we forgive and we are forgiven and this is one of the most important things we do when we gather is that we forgive and we're forgiven we step into that as sons and daughters of the living God made in his image when we're his body and his children and his family we step into our identity together and we say no 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 you can't hold that against them. He didn't hold it against you. And we say, no, 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 he's not holding that against you today. You're forgiven. And we remind one another. You need it. I know you do because I'm a human too, and I need it. I need to be remembered. Remembered. Daily, I need to encourage daily. Do you know what I do when I'm driving my kids to church? I remind them, why are we going to church? What do we do there? Well, it's not for you, number one. Like, it's not so that you'll be entertained today. So let's set our expectations right. We're here to worship God, we're here to love Him because He's worthy. And we're here to love somebody else today. We're here. Did you know that you have a word encouragement on your tongue? You may be in the worst pit of your life, but I promise you, you have a word of encouragement on your tongue. Because the Holy Spirit wants to empower you to encourage somebody today. I've watched these two sons fighting for his life. And I've watched them pray for people in the hospital. Encourage people. When you come into any context where you're with the body of believers, you have a word of encouragement. It's waiting for you. It's hovering over you like the Holy Spirit's hovering over the waters, ready for you to release the word of the Lord. Like when the Lord said, let there be light, the Holy Spirit's hovering over you with an encouraging word for someone for you to open your mouth and release life over them. This happens when we are together. Let's go to James chapter 5 and then we'll wrap up. <laughs> chapter 5, verse 13. I love this scripture because it covers every state you might be in. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for. One another that you may be healed. I would challenge you as you're reading the New Testament, find all the one another's. It's mind blowing. There's so many one another's. Your healing or someone else's healing is waiting in a context like this. When sin can be confessed, forgiveness released and healing can come i'm not saying all sickness comes from sin but it comes from the pit of hell i know that i didn't mean to give this message the day before we the, the week before we launch our saturday service but it does seem very appropriate doesn't it <laughs> If you need space to come to church, Saturday would be a great time to do it. So here's the thing: as we respond, I know one of the reasons people walk away from gathering is because they're hurt. They've seen hypocrisy, they've been disappointed and they've been hurt or offended at some, some church they were a part of, something they heard, something they saw, something they witnessed when they were a child, something their parents went through, something they did. <clears throat> and it's the enemy's way of isolating us. But can I tell you a hard thing? Somebody else's sin never gives you permission to not obey God. It's not an excuse. And there's a lie embedded in it that's keeping you from life. And the other thing is we've got to let go of our Of our ideals because one of the weird things about God is that he for some reason has empowered broken people since the beginning of time to be his representatives on the earth he for some reason has said yeah you David you lead you who killed killed Uriah you who committed adultery You who is, uh, he for some reason has chosen us. And we're not going to stop being people. Wherever you go or wherever you came from, there are going to be people leading you. But hopefully, the goal is to connect you to the head. The goal is to connect you to the head. The goal is for you to be nourished and grow up into the head. And you cannot do it on your own. You cannot. You weren't created for it. He did not design it that way. And you, we can argue with him. And we can demand otherwise. But it will still be true. That he designed you to be in a body. He designed you to function in a body. He designed you to hurt when another part hurts. And rejoice when another part rejoices. He designed you to honor and to give honor. You know, we're not an organization. We are not a corporation. And we're fighting so hard here to not become that even as we grow because we're a boss. We are a body that lives and breathes and moves and grows and changes, praise God. But it's never going to be ideal. And I, I, I would like to just, I don't know, Jay would you, are you here to play the keys? Do you mind? I just would like to challenge you. We have a lot of people who come from another church, and they say, like, oh, Up Room's my home church, and if I meet you and you say that to me, or if you meet Michael and you say that, we'll say, well, how did you exit? We even had a, an awesome family here for a while, and they they were becoming such an integral part, and one day they came to us and said, we feel convicted. We didn't we left hurt and we need to go back to where we came from wow that was so beautiful and miraculous to me so if you've come from somewhere in offense or hurt i want to invite you today to handle that with the lord you will only bring that toxicity here and i don't want it here <laughs> I don't, I'm not trying to invalidate your pain, but that is what happens. But forgiveness and repentance cleanses you of all of that. It's simple. It's not complicated. It's simple. It's not bad to leave one church and go to another. It happens all the time but how you do it matters a lot before the Lord and you don't wanna injure the body of Christ. We never wanna injure his body. God help us that we might never be accused of hurling insults at another part of his body. Can you imagine how confusing it would be If I were stepping on my own toe, like the head doesn't do that. He knows better. I want you to just say this with me. Say, I'm a vital part of the body. If I don't show up, something's missing. I don't know how much you believe that, but that's true. If you don't show up, something's missing. I wanna give us a chance to just respond. Um, If you have been hurt or offended, you seen hypocrisy and your hearts hardened by the deceitfulness of sin you may even have an offense toward us that happens i just want to invite you to let the lord wash you today and and i want us to be the body and wash each other so that healing can come amen so would you just be brave enough this morning if that's you and you're like, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. I bear witness. I testify that these things are true, but I, I have a, a, a broken place in my heart in this area, and I need help. Would you stand up? you a few more minutes to seconds to just stand up. This is part of the good fight of faith is that we continue. We say I'm gonna keep coming I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give up. and this is where we fight for each other so church, There's someone around.